Hello and welcome to the Last Week's Tape podcast. Hey. I'm Sarah <laughs> and I'm here with Stephen. Hello, um, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm tired Yeah, because it's early on a Sunday morning. Yes, we're recording this like <laughs> early on Sunday morning. Um, last weekend I was at Metropolis Festival Ooh. in the RDS and uh, so I was just thinking like what was I doing last Sunday and I was like pretty much getting ready to go to Metropolis, which was a good festival. Uh, mm. this year a bit of a different vibe to it than other years so the years is a bit more dancey a bit more you know DJs and stuff like that uh, but this year like one night had villagers and a, an artist oh, called cool. Gweno from Wales who I really loved it was very <laughs> kind of Welsh and kind of Kate Bushy she had like a long white dress and like a tambourine and she had an amazing voice but she's just dancing on stage a la kind of Kate Bushy kind of like you know, <laughs> doing all the moves and stuff yeah. like that like who yeah. was that comedian who did the Kate Bush impersonation uh, he's in the Mighty Boosh I can never remember his name uh, Noel Fielding yeah he did you ever mm. see him do the, the Kate Bush thing actually I haven't but I'll look it's this brilliant. up on the internet um, when I go home the Wuthering <laughs> Heights thing and yeah so it was good and um, Blood Orange played on the Sunday this time last week and they're amazing I don't know if you've checked out Blood Orange I actually haven't no. but it's very um, Prince like he's like a producer and he goes under a different guises for different albums but like his first two albums Cupid Deluxe uh, and Blood Orange as well it, like are just fantastic records um, mm. I'm not sure about his new one but I really like the other ones very princey vibe his backing band were outstanding but that's what like I was so this whole week I've been kind of listening to Blood Orange more than anything else um, just kind of it is what it is which I think is from Cupid Deluxe which is mm. a cool album what have you been listening to? Uh, what have I been listening to? Uh, mostly the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Cool. All this week. Yeah. Um, for some reason, it was just, yeah, something I remembered existed. And the yeah, yeah, yes. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I remember uh, when their first album came out. And mm. Do you remember the time when, like, all the albums were advertised on TV? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I remember this one because I really like the scratchy graffiti-like cover on yeah. the very first album. Yeah. And I always really wanted to get it for some reason. Yeah. And I never did. I, I don't know why i never bought it but i remember finding it years later i think i, I think my uncle had it yeah. and uh playing it and i didn't i i think i was like really young at that stage i didn't really enjoy it too much i yeah. don't think okay yeah, yeah. but then yeah just i kind of remembered they existed and i yeah. remember for some reason i remember all the adverts on the tel on television for their albums yeah and i remember the one with the egg Yes. And I remember that one really clearly for some yeah. reason. Um, but yeah, kind of gone back into listening to them. Yeah. Because I think it just came up on one of the playlists I had. So uh, yeah, I the Show Your Bones album I think is like my yeah. favorite one. I think Maps I like is on that, is it? Maps? Maybe? I don't think Maps is on that one. Oh. I think Maps is on their first one. Oh God, yeah, Jesus, I've gone way back then. Mm. I always loved Maps. I always thought that was such a great great song yeah. with the drum intro and the kind of... Yeah, that's such a, it's a brilliant song. And then Beyonce ripped it off. Beyonce sampled it for uh, one of her songs on oh, did Lemonade. She? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Instead of instead of wait, she doesn't love you like I love you. It's hold up. <gasps> oh yes, I know. Yeah, but yeah. she has like a different rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of over. Oh, but yeah, only right. slightly enough that they get paid for every time that song gets played. Are you serious? Yeah, they do. Yeah, oh even though she God. changed it to hold up, which is just like just. <gasps> I thought yeah. it was familiar yeah. when I. Oh yeah, I think there's like. Now, from what I know, there's about 20 writers on that song credited. Okay. And I think they only found out about it probably when it came out because the publishing, like their company yeah. would own the song or whatever. But yeah, yeah. So I always thought it was weird. It's like they listen to songs. Well, I don't know about wait. Let's just change it to hold up. <laughs> kind of like, fair enough. You know, maybe, you know, like you're yeah. saying, the rhythm's different. So it runs. Well, down. it's, it's no, no, now that I have the song in my head now, mm. I've 
the only time I've listened to Lemonade was when I was watching the full the video, video mm. which is really stunning. It's mm. such a pretty piece. It's it's mm. a lovely, beautiful piece. But that's the only time like I would have listened to it because mm. I, I wouldn't um, listen to newer Beyonce stuff regularly. Yeah. Actually, my favorite thing is to listen to Beyonce and Destiny's Child when I'm in the gym running. Fair. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my perfect running soundtrack because every yeah. single time if I have I'm a Survivor on, I'll, mm. like, I'll, I'll run... Like at you know twelve like kilometers an hour <laughs> on the treadmill for the full song, yeah. which is really intense because I can't breathe afterwards. Because <laughs> I really push myself to run twelve kilometers an hour for the duration of that song, which yeah. is about five minutes or something. Um, but yeah, that's the only time I kind of like. Yeah. I, I love I loved Beyonce when she was with Destiny's Child. Newer mm. stuff I wouldn't be listening to unless I'm like watching that video or mm. something. But um, yeah. You forget now how long she's that, around as well, hmm? Beyonce. Ages. Like she's around a long time. Oh, very long time. She know. looks stunning. For she does. How yeah. long she's been around? Jesus. Yeah, she does. In fairness, so, I didn't yeah. know that her album Lemonade and the one that um, uh, Jay Z released, which I think is called Two 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 or something, they're related. They're all about the problems in a relationship. Yeah. One, you know, yeah. From both sides, and yeah. then the one they made together is about them reconciling. Uh, yeah, the Lemonade one is about that, isn't yeah. it? It's like a full, like a. What what are those called? The art no something art albums. Is it called conceptual? Like a, is it a conceptual? Yeah. Or there's like I think there was like a term when you when you do a full movie type thing for your album. It's oh I think yeah it might be concept album like the Pink Floyd the Wall or something. Yeah like that. yeah yeah because I remember uh, one of my friends because when it came out I have a friend who's obsessed with Beyonce and she sure. loves everything Beyonce yeah. ever does. Um, Fair. And I remember she was telling my other friend. Um, uh, she was telling her about Beyonce's album and how amazing it is that she did this like story-like album. And mm. the other girl was like, you know what? Like, she's a huge fan of Anne Brune. I don't know oh, if you yeah. heard Anne Brune. Yeah. We actually went to see her concert together because she had a spare ticket. And she was like, if anyone's going to go with me, it's probably you. Yeah, yeah, so we went to see her together yeah. in Vicker Street a few years ago. But yeah, and then she started giving out saying how other artists have done this before. Like, Anne Brune has done this before. Yeah. And no one's giving her any credit. And Beyonce's <laughs> copying all of these artists. And she went on this <laughs> rant about it. Even though I do think the Lemonade video was like stunning yeah it's very but cool. um yeah it was just really funny but yeah that's the only time i've kind of listened to new beyonce stuff so now when i think back on that song because i know mm. what song it is i'm like yeah that that is yeah. that is the yeah yeah yes and the same song i think ezra caning from vampire weekend is credited like he tells some story maybe in rolling stone or some our enemy something like that that he was just brought into a room with other writers okay made some suggestions and then like found out later on his suggestions got on the record but never met beyonce Oh wow, Jesus! Um, just because they'd have like these intense yeah. writing sessions for the record yeah. or whatever. Um, I just remember there being a controversy over that song, with, like Becky with the good hair <laughs> was something. Somebody, it was, like, they thought it was somebody, then it wasn't somebody famous. I don't know, but I just remember somebody telling me in great detail because you're saying somebody like who's really into Beyonce, they're generally really into Beyonce, and they're telling me like, oh, Becky with the good hair is such and such a person. I was like fair mm. i don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah so maybe it's like uh i think it's kind of like her blood on the tracks kind of break up not break up because they're still together but they yeah. are d- d- does she ever sing or write this is not a burn or anything mm. I'm, I'm not i'm not criticizing yeah but does she write anything other than like being in a relationship and being cheated on because it seems like that's a huge theme in all her music being cheated on yeah and cheating I'm, on someone and that's a good point i mean because it's going to all the single ladies but no because it's like if you want it you better put a ring on it uh, yeah. so that's in there 
Um, yeah. You know, so that kind of under. Do you know what? I don't think so. I don't think she she writes about anything other than relationships. Other than her relationships, are are, are love or kind of yeah, because like all of them are about now. Because I'm a survivor is about you know ending a relationship yeah. and being a survivor. I'm better than you. Yeah. Than bills, <laughs> bills, bills, bills. By Destiny yeah. Child, that's about paying the bills. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think she has. I think it's a good point. Uh, Say my name is about cheating. Is it about cheating? Yeah, because say my name, say my name. If no one is around you, say baby, I love you. Is she the person that person's cheating with? In the no, 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 no. She's the girlfriend yeah. who's calling up her boyfriend, who's she thinks he's with someone else in the oh. house. So, yeah. You you'd gotten deep into Destiny's Child there. I didn't know <laughs> that. I was just like, say my name, say my name. Yeah, I thought of it totally different because it's about. Her thinking that the person she's with is cheating on her with someone mm. who's also in the room in the house with him. So he's not he's on the phone to her uh. and is maybe hiding that he has a relationship. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's about being cheated on. Being cheated on. She has a few songs about that then, if that's the case. Becky with the good hair and all that. Mm. So, um, I don't know. That's a good point. I think, you know, it's something that people have discussed before. I know there's a term for films in which a film has a scene with two female characters talking to one another and not referencing a male character. Mm. Like there's a test. I can't remember what it's called. Some people will probably tell me. The Beckdale test? Oh, is it, is it the Beckdale test? test? Yeah, it is. Like, it is. is. Yeah, it is. That's cause that's what I thought it was. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, the measure of the representation of women in fiction. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're supposed to be not talking about male characters. They're not mm. supposed to be talking about anyone who's male. It's supposed to be about like them yeah so no male is supposed to be like involved yeah in what that is about yeah exactly so yeah 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 there's yeah honestly i don't know if there's any song of hers that's not yeah. about a man in some way in some fashion yeah that doesn't revolve around that maybe think. somebody will, will, will correct us on that but it doesn't seem likely in yeah. that sense um, I mean I feel like every Destiny's Child song I know is about a man in some way or another yeah yeah I, I would think so did you ever read that um that review the, uh, I can't remember the name of the writer she wrote it about Ed Sheeran's album right, recent most recent album uh, kind of saying that he, he his lyrics are that of a sociopath <laughs> it's really interesting yeah. it might be is it in the Guardian I can't remember who she wrote it for but it's a fantastic review I thought well fair play she really got into it like yeah and she was kind of saying that how he talks about women in his songs is completely sociopathic. It's yeah, kind of like she's right though. Now that I think of it, like because you have you know, um, I was going to say blonde, but I don't know what blonde looks like. Brown hair, and you have this kind of this kind of coloured eyes, and it's like really nondescript about like if you're supposedly in love with a person, you probably know more than what they look like. But maybe that's because he's targeting it towards an audience that he wants. He wants the person he's talking about to be nondescript so you can put yourself in that position. A hundred percent. That's what yeah. that's what bad novels do. Mm. It's well, bad. That's mm. what bestsellers do. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they make characters so nondescript yeah. that you're able to in some way empathize or almost feel like you are that character. Yeah. So that's what a lot of bestsellers are because you feel like you're yeah. connected. And you are the character for whatever reason. And You're I'm, no, it's just like bad canvas. writing. It's it's yeah. not. I don't, personally, I don't like it. I prefer yeah. like very well developed characters. Yeah. In my fiction. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I remember yeah. watching something before and they talked about that and apparently there's some book called Understanding Comics and that's that mm. theory of like the blank canvas. Yeah. Why does somebody look at the Mona Lisa and not see themselves in it? But they can look at like, um, you know, the thing on the toilet for men and women and go, oh, that's me or whatever. And it's yeah. kind of this kind of... The blank. more nondescript. Yeah, it's like more... why Han Solo is more interesting than Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Because he's because uh, you're not supposed to see yourself in... Han Solo, you're supposed to see yourself as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to be Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Until yeah. he, spoilers, got killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spoil, 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 yeah. Spoil, yeah. Everyone, everyone knew. Because I think in the, in the, in the build-up to that, I think Harrison Ford told everybody in every interview that he was going to die. Which, yeah. Which is, he wanted it. He actually, did. I feel like he wanted, he, he wanted Han Solo to die a lot earlier on. Emperor Strikes Back. Yeah. Which is yeah. just like, I can't imagine him dying in that movie. That yeah, would have wrecked right. me when I was a kid. Yeah, right. I would have been yeah. in for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Which which brings me on to, um, I don't know if you've watched it, but I did have the unfortunate, uh, I went to see the, the Queen movie. I'm supposed to see that tonight. You want to see it tonight? <laughs> Do you want to hold off and talk about it for the next podcast? Yes. 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 Okay. I'm supposed to see that tonight. Okay. So we're going to go see that tonight. Um, yeah. I don't know. It kind of looks... Interesting. Uh, yeah. We'll hold it for I want to talk to you about it. I want to see what yeah. you think of it. So I won't prejudice you against the Queen movie. Uh, but why did I Well, seeing the Smiths yeah. movie was an absolute disaster and a half. That was a terrible um, movie. Yeah. That was such a... Because it's not. It's a Morrissey it's movie. It's a Morrissey movie. Only, like, only kind of aimed at what Morrissey likes. But like yeah. a lot of... That made me think, though, how many... Because even if you watch like Walk the Line... Not really an in-depth look at Johnny Cash. Yeah, it's more Johnny Cash, the idea of rather than the real, the real human. Yeah. But do you know what one what biopic I really do like though is um and people are going to be like you pretentious ass, <laughs> but there's a one of Bob Dylan, the one with Kate Blanchett plays him at one point, and there's five different actors like Heath Ledger, Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett. I have him. not watched this, and I will watch it because that sounds yeah very it's really interesting. interesting. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, it's mm. not. Like there's nobody in it called Bob Dylan, but <laughs> they're all Bob Dylan, and his music's in it, and he he left them write it and all this. It's called I'm Not There, and Kate Blanchett plays 1960s uh, kind of roll like a Rolling Stone, you know, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, and she's fantastic. Yeah. She's yeah. amazing as Bob Dylan. Better, she's better than like Heath Ledger and Christian Bale. Christian Bale plays mm. kind of Christian early 80s Dylan, and Heath Ledger, who is with Charlotte Gainsbourg, who's my celebrity crush. <laughs> Uh, and they play the kind of freewheeling Bob Dylan kind yeah. of early sixties. Mm. I'm a I'm I don't know if I'm a Dylan fan. I'm one of the, I like Dylan. <sighs> I like Dylan. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a diehard fan though. Yeah. I've met diehard fans and they're intense. Yeah. You can I you, say so. Yeah, you can yeah. put on a bit of Dylan and kinda enjoy Yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. More than anything exactly. Else. No, I enjoy a lot of Bob Dylan's work and mm. I think he's oh he's such a lovely selfless person, I feel. Oh. I, I feel like he's like a just a genuinely good person yeah i don't know why maybe it's because he decided to refuse to take the nobel prize because he didn't feel like being a musician his contribution was that huge yeah which i you know some people say it's really arrogant to Mm. refuse your nobel prize yeah but um i don't know i don't know i I, just the vibe i get off him was that he was really dedicated to the music and Mm. music was what he loved doing and that's what he did and Yeah, I don't know. He just seems like a like he just seems like a really good guy. Maybe that's because we just don't know enough about him. But he just seems like a legitimately good person. Yeah, I suppose like there's people like Bob Dylan and you know uh, Elvis and all these mm. people that they've kind of become the Coke can. Yeah, Th- them as a person no longer exist. They're this kind of icon. 
Yeah. You know, that you just yeah. instantly recognize when you see them and maybe mm. they're not the person. I think, we won't, as I said, we'll talk about the Queen document, yeah. uh, movie soon, uh, next week, but I feel there's, there is a little bit of element of the Coke can about it. Yeah. But actually, there is the... that Another thing that just I got reminded of about yeah. Bob Dylan was that uh, he... Uh, what was the song? Um, All Along the Watchtower. Oh, I love the song, yeah. He, yeah, he... Well, that's the Dylan song. Mm. And he said that uh, Jimi Hendrix had done it so much better than he mm. ever could have done it. Yeah. And he gave the song to Jimi Hendrix. And <laughs> I was like, wow, that's like so nice of you to do yeah. as a as, as an artist yeah. to be like this person actually took my art and made it mm. so much better mm. and to be able to say that and admit that and yeah. be okay with that is just I think mm. like so nice yeah you know because sometimes just you know it's really selfless and yeah. that's what that's kind of the image of Dylan that I get that he's a yeah. really selfless person yeah and really dedicated to his art and yeah that's that's what I really admire about him yeah especially because of the immediacy I mean I think Hendrick's covered it really soon after he you know yeah very very soon it, you know yeah which is kind of like i just released this new song and here's somebody doing it better than me it takes a yeah. lot of selflessness to be like oh, yeah. that's actually a better version than what i did yeah it's like trent reznor and hurt and yeah cash. yeah yeah he was like oh that's a that's a johnny cash song it is it is a johnny cash song now. yeah it is even though he didn't write it which is in, 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 interesting how yeah. somebody else's performance yeah. or somebody else's context yeah because i think yeah you can take the lyrics and you can just have a much almost a deeper understanding of the lyrics than yeah. the artists themselves yeah um which is it is strange yeah. but i think it's really great for an artist to be able to identify that yeah. and just be okay with someone else taking their work because yeah. they did it better so i mean it's, it's a hard thing to do yeah oh <laughs> yeah know, being yeah. creative i feel like that's a very yeah. hard thing to do to admit that someone actually did something better than me yeah which was mine to begin with yeah but sometimes that's like a really good thing to acknowledge yeah and Unlike okay with. Stephen King and The Shining when he's just like, ah, oh, Stanley Kubrick's version is terrible. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I've yeah. read the book and I've seen the movie. The movie's so, better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, Kubrick went off and he had his whole idea of what he wanted to do mm. with it. And I feel like Stephen King should have been okay with that. Yeah. It's because not a it's scary Kubrick. movie, is it really? I mean, because some of these people are asking, oh, what's a scary movie you watch over over Halloween and I, I'm not really scared by movies yeah. not that I'm like oh I'm not scared of anything I'm scared of clowns so if there's a movie with clowns <laughs> in it I'm not going to watch it because I'm phobic yeah. mm. um, but like if people like The Shining it's like is that, it's more creepy than scary yeah, it's like a psychological horror yeah. I'd say like if you're kind of in that mindset it can be kind of scary mm. I don't know it can be scary it's more of a psychological yeah. horror than it is a horror yeah. and I'm so glad you brought up this uh, horror movie topic yeah because you know just it's been Halloween so I had a couple of like spooky playlists going yeah. um, which are kind of fun to listen to mostly like I don't know Misfits and cool. Misfits Halloween like that, that's like my Halloween that's my <laughs> October playlist yeah um, but we were in the office. We had a couple of like spooky playlists to get mm. us in the mood for Halloween. And um, Mike Oldfield's Tubular Bells came on. Um, as we as we know, that's yeah. that's the Exorcist song. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't written for the Exorcist. It's a piece of music by Mike Oldfield mm. called Tubular Bells. It's yep. a lot longer than the little part you hear yes. in The Exorcist. It's one it's, long piece, isn't it? It's a very yeah, long yeah. piece. And then there's multiple parts to the piece. Yeah. Um, it's a stunning piece. Anyway, I remember <laughs> when I was back in secondary school, actually two of my music teachers yeah. did not know of Mike Oldfield, of Tubular Bells. Because uh, really? it came up. Yeah, the song came up for some reason. And they were like, oh, the Exorcist song. Yeah, And sure. I was like, it's actually not the Exorcist song. It's yeah. Mike Oldfield and yeah. it's called Tubular Bells and mm. it's this piece of music and mm. a part of it was used for The Exorcist. Sure. And neither of my music teachers knew. 
Really? Which left me very shocked. And okay, so whenever I say the story, all my friends call me a pretentious asshole. I'm not a pretentious asshole. I just believe. <laughs> Sorry. I'll let you laugh there. <laughs> just you shouting at your friends. You're not a pretentious I'm asshole. I'm not a pretentious <laughs> asshole. I just believe music educators sure. should know certain things. Yeah. I'm not being. If a person on the street said to me, this is the exorcist music, yeah. I would be totally okay with that because that's what yeah, people. That's fair know it as yeah. and I would not expect someone to have an in-depth knowledge of music yeah so if it was an average person yeah saying this to me yeah yes I would not be a pretentious asshole and be yeah. like actually no this piece of music is not that yeah I wouldn't do that because yeah. chances are they know it from the exorcist because everyone knows it from the exorcist yeah. and there's yeah. a handful of us who don't know it from just yeah. from the exorcist but I just believe the music educators probably should know that. Should probably know yeah, that. I think it's an important piece of music, especially. Yeah. I, it's an important piece of music it was that the best they should. Record as well. It was, yeah. I think it was the album that saved Richard Branson's Virgin record label. As far wow. as I know. I mean, Jesus. that's that's amazing that they didn't know. Yeah, isn't it? It's like, isn't it? Yeah, like I know what you mean because Shocking. Like, like if somebody looked at a building and said, "Oh, that's a brutalist building," and it wasn't, you're like, "Well, you yeah. don't know." But like, if it's your architecture you know, tutor in your college and say, that's a brutalist building. That's and a bit, it, yeah. like, That's not a brutalist, you know, mm -hmm. like it would, exactly. kind of, it would make you question their credentials. Exactly. Exactly. This is when my mm. friends say that I'm being mm. too dramatic. I'm mm. like, I'm not being too dramatic. Why is it, why is it pretentious to ask that a music educator no. know certain pieces of music? Yeah. Anyway, I just remember I, I, I said this to people. Actually, I said this to people in work and they were like, oh my God, that's so bad that they didn't know. Yeah, and I was like, finally, someone actually agrees with me. Thank <laughs> you for not calling me pretentious <laughs> about music. Although all of them, you know, are uh, definitely are into, very into music. So, you know. They would have known. So they would have they would have known. And also they appreciate the fact that I was a bit annoyed that my yeah. music educators did not know. I think that may. I think they're justified in that. Definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah, as you say, if it's just some random or you'd be like, oh, whatever. But like, if it's someone who's supposed to be teaching music, they might want to know who Mike Oldfield and Tubular Bells is. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of you know. would think you'd kind of would like yeah. that a music educator knows certain. Full things. confession, though, I don't think I've listened to Tubular Bells in its entirety. Have you ever listened to it in its entirety? Yes, I have a few yeah. times. And you, I, you like it? I do, yeah. and probably because of my dad, because he had the record. He's big into it. Yeah, because this isn't like because forgive me, because I I do remember the record being in my house being a kid, mm. and. That section from The Exorcist, it's not indicative of the piece of music. There are lighter. Bits oh yeah, yeah so yeah. much lighter. Yeah. It gets a lot lighter. It gets com it's completely different. There mm. are so many like key changes in it as well. Yeah. So it is actually it's a very light piece of music. Mm. I mean, I think we just associate the start as being creepy yeah. because it yeah. is in a very scary horror mm. film. Yeah. Um, it's almost horror film sounding like that's probably why they chose it for the movie because it's it is a little bit eerie. Yeah. When it starts. Um, but no, I have. Hmm? Most likely, it's probably influenced so many horror soundtracks after it. Probably. Even though it wasn't intended to be. No. Yeah. No, it wasn't intended to be you a know. horror movie soundtrack. No. Um, it was just a piece of music. So I have actually listened to it maybe in, in its full entirety once mm. or twice. Yeah. Well, not a couple of times. Yeah. Not always. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very long piece of music. Yeah. But it's a lovely piece of music. Yeah. And I just. Yeah. It's weird that somebody wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I was listening, I watched, uh, I didn't watch it. I watched a bit of Halloween, the old one. Mm. I know they made a new one, but I think all of those movies are kind of obsolete after they made Scream, which is kind of a parody of it yeah. in the 90s. But I always, you know, always stri strikes me of those movies, like fucking John Carpenter could write music. Yeah. He was incredible. Yeah. Um, he still is. I know he went on tour with his music and it's to my eternal shame I didn't go see him when he came to Dublin that time. Um, 
but he's an amazing like the music for Halloween and the music for The Thing which mm. uh, Ennio Morricone did little bits to and uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China if anyone remembers <laughs> that movie it's all great stuff you know what I mean uh, it's just like he can write incredible scores yeah um, but yeah if, that, if you're going to have a creepy playlist I suppose you should have The Exorcist or Mike Oldfield's Jubilee Bells you should yeah because it, it does come from a well yeah. It was in a horror movie, so obviously you associate it yeah, with yeah. the horror movie. And yeah, the start is creepy, definitely. It's eerie, it's very eerie. Mm. It does get so much lighter, which at that point you're mm. kind of like, okay, next song, because <laughs> this is not scary yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you ever see that Simpsons episode where they, they have a kind of an opera, or not an opera, they have a classical concert and they go, dun, 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 and then everyone just walks and goes, we well, heard the best bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're going to have a creepy playlist, I suppose that would be on it. I can't think of what I'd put on a creepy, Wuthering Heights is kind of creepy. Even though I just like Wuthering Heights and it's on any just like, on oh, any playlist, song. <laughs> it's kind of Christmassy. Yeah, uh, am I right, Heathcliff? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, can't wait for some Christmas playlists now. I like Christmas songs. I really do. I love mm. Ten Thousand Miles" by The Pretenders. Mm. One of my favorite, and I do you know, "Fairy Tale in New York." I always yeah. love the drums Fairy in that. Yeah. "Fairy Tale in New York" probably yeah, probably a, the favorite Christmas tune. Yeah. yeah, of all time, probably everyone's yeah. kind of big one. And you know, that darkness song is funny. Uh, I don't know if I like it because you know it comes on that you know don't let the bells end I think it's called and I just kind of go ah yeah I like it but I don't I won't put it on my Spotify you know <laughs> yeah. I won't put it in the ears or anything yeah. like that it's just nice on the radio and it's nice when you're out and about mm. although I will say Brian and Thomas have done it a bit too early this year it was before That's Halloween mental. they had everything up that was crazy I was so. walking around town yesterday and I saw that and I was like jeez because you know they have all the lights outside on, yeah. the, on the kind of the the front of it but this was like mid-October this was up if not earlier yeah. I was even I was down in, in, in Temple Bar there the other day and the, there was a Christmas tree outside one of the one of the pubs and everything I said like, Jesus you know this is re- I lo- and I love Christmas lights that's probably mm-hmm. my favourite bit of Christmas I don't know why I'm like a moth to Christmas lights like they're <laughs> really pretty like anything like that mm-hmm. and yeah even I thought that's way too way too early yeah yeah I mean I do love the Christmas lights, but I just think if they're on for like three months, that's a bit too much. Lessens the kind of impact, doesn't it? Anything yeah, else. it does, doesn't it? You yeah. just, you're not as excited about Christmas no. as, as you would be otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, we should probably get on yes, with reviews because... <laughs> yeah. Well, we review first. Um, We'll start with uh, Lisa O'Neill. Heard a long gone song. Yeah. So, I mean... Like I said, I think last we last time we were doing the podcast, we were kind of talking about like albums that are inherently Irish. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think like Lisa O'Neill is an inherently Irish song. This doesn't get any more Irish. Like yeah. as soon as it started, I was like, "This is Sean singing. She's, it is. It's completely yeah. The Galway Shawl, which starts yeah. it off, is and then beautiful. And her voice is just so beautiful. I mean, it's like you know, it's one of those interesting things that you often talk about. You can hear somebody be a very good singer, a very capable singer with a nice voice. But if there's no character or color or kind of background to it, it it, it doesn't have anything that you you know that, that kind of draws you yeah. in. And her yeah. voice has so much color to it, uh, so much kind of texture to it. You know, the, her accent is so ingrained in it and so natural. Like she's not putting it on. Mm. Um, and I think it's very interesting that it starts with that song, a kind of a Shannos type song, because the entire album is mixed with the vocal right at the front. Yeah, it's the the centerpiece. Her voice, yeah. the way she says it. Um, it's almost kind of reminded me of very early Leonard Cohen albums <coughs> when he used to play on the nylon string acoustic. 
and like the main focus was his big deep voice all over the fucking mm. thing. And I think, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a, a rather beautiful album. And just, you know, I think there's another song, Violet Gibson, which kind of reminded me of The Partisan, which I, I like had this incredible lyric that kind of took me off, you know, about shooting M- Mussolini in the face <laughs> because he was a bad egg. And it's kind of mm. the rationale for it. And like, you know, if, you know, if somebody turns into a bad egg, you, you, you get, you know, and you didn't want to shoot him in the nose or in the teeth, you want to shoot him in the face. But in this kind of very matter of fact, well, obviously kind of way and, you know, anti-fascist, which is quite timely for obvious reasons. Yeah. But um, I, thought it was a, I thought it was an incredible album. What was your kind of thinking on it? Yeah, I just, I thought, yeah, again, beautifully crafted album. And that's what I got from it. I think the music was really stunning in it as mm. well. I mean, her voice is amazing. Mm. And I'm personally a fan of like very unique voices. Yeah. And I think that's what she has. So I'm drawn, like, yeah, as you've said, someone can have like a beautiful, stunning, clear voice and they can sing perfectly, so, so perfectly. But I just, I, I won't like it. Yeah. The reason I won't like it is because there's nothing unique there. Mm. And I think, it's, but yeah, like her voice is so, so unique that I'm immediately drawn to that. Yeah. And I thought the, even the music, because I tried to like listen to the music a little bit as well. And I thought it was just like really beautiful, mm. really soft. And it really complimented her voice mm. really well. Um, and yeah, I I thought that it would make a stunning soundtrack for okay. a movie. Yeah. And that's just how I kind mm. of read that. I was like, oh, this would be like such an amazing soundtrack for a movie. Mm. Uh, mostly because I just thought it was very kind of niche in a way mm. as well. I just, I mean, it's very traditional mm. Irish but it's tr- it's almost the one kind of criticism I had of it yep. was just to do with originality because mm. I felt so much of it was very traditional Irish and yes. it wasn't necessarily pushing on any boundaries to like push it out of traditional Irish into traditional Irish but this is like super super unique in yeah. changing certain things yeah. in it to That's make it fair. a little bit yeah, more yeah, unique so I think that was like mm. my only criticism of the album mm. was I just wish she had done something mm like added like a very unique element to it to push mm. it out of that traditional Irishness mm. and to push it from a beautiful folk album to mm. like a beautiful crazy new thing mm. that I feel had the potential potential to be. Mm. But other than that no I thought it was just like really beautiful to listen to. And I got goosebumps and yeah. it was all lovely and beautiful. Yeah. Another thing the songs were a tiny bit samey. That was the only mm. thing. But sometimes I really enjoy that. Yeah. Sometimes I really like having kind of samey songs, mm. which I can just listen to and mm. I just enjoy the album in its entirety and it's not too crazy and all over the place. Yeah. But no, I really enjoy the album and I definitely would have it like playing mm. probably personally because I feel like a lot of my friends, mm. I'm not sure what their opinions would be mm. um, on this if it was like playing at a party or whatever. <laughs> if you you, have pro- a you party. probably wouldn't have a party. Well, yeah. no, like easy chill music in yeah. the background kind of thing. It's weird, um, you know, because walking around town listening to it, like, your headphones on, which I did like, you know, mm. listening to Galway Shaw. Yeah, it's... <laughs> very kind of like, you kind of feel a little bit internalized. Which, yeah. You know, you go, oh, yeah. this is kind of like me, you know, with, with her kind of type thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's very kind of insular. It's, it, yeah, that, exactly. I think that's yeah. what's really nice about that album um, is that that's how you kind of should listen to it almost it's an interesting point that you make about the mod- modernity of the album like it's, mm. it's not it's not exactly modern and that's it made me think on Violet Gibson that song if I, if I may go back to that and the, and the reference to Mussolini and stuff like that which is you know it does play into you know old traditional Irish songs being about the Spanish Civil War I mean obviously you know Shane McGowan wrote A Pair of Brown Eyes about that but you know maybe and this would be my minor criticism of it and it's a very minor one I'd never tell anybody what to write about but if you are going to talk about maybe 
fascism are kind of totalitarian things in a time where there is a more modern reference, why wouldn't you kind of go for that reference? I know it's, it would probably sound trite or cliche to bring up the name of the person that I'm talking about. I don't even like saying his name. But, um, you know, bringing that person's name into it, why why wouldn't you? But then again, maybe the, the subtlety of... Um, yeah of symbolism or, or metaphor is, is better in that kind of sense. Yeah, yeah. More powerful, perhaps. Mm. Then kind of, maybe I'm thinking too bluntly, which is probably yeah. actually correct. I probably am. I know, sometimes I do like bluntness in music, yeah, which yeah. is very punk. Yeah, that's yeah, true. <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. I, I, sometimes I do like it. But then again, I mean, this album, although it could have actually been interesting. Again, don't want to be saying you yeah. should be writing about yeah. this. But I think what could have brought this album further mm. is making it a little bit less metaphorical, maybe mm. pushing it further, but mm. doing that really beautiful, traditional style music, but yeah. pushing the boundary in some way. Yeah. So I just, I, I thought it was obviously a stunning album. She's yeah. a fantastic mm. um, vocalist, but I just, I wish there was something more to it, mm. just to push it a bit further out from traditional or traditional Irish music, and then also push it out of that folk music genre and somewhere further. Yeah, so I agree. I would have prefer that I would yeah. have really liked to have seen that yeah but you know there's the next time <laughs> there is I mean she's a fantastic artist yeah. we, were, we yeah. were talking beforehand about other voices and stuff like that and she's somebody if she was playing in the church and other voices you're in the west of Ireland oh yeah I mean <laughs> you know you'd absolutely fall in love with it I mean yeah. I was looking magical up, yeah oh, absolutely totally. magical and she's I mean I saw her many years ago in the Odessa Club in Dublin um, maybe part of one of Tony Clayton's uh, culture vultures and she's a very funny she is a tra- song a storyteller, almost in the line of like a Liam Clancy. Like she tells stories and um, about, I think one point about one of her uncles and uh, like, you know, and Elvis, I think she'd fallen in love with a picture of Elvis. I think <laughs> she was telling. It was very, it was very, you know, endearing and very kind of, you know, one of these people who tells a story that you kind of get drawn into. But I think, yeah, this album is a, is a big thumbs up for me. Yeah, it's a yeah. thumbs up for me. Cool. Definitely. Uh, I suppose we'll go on to the next album, which is not a traditional folk. <laughs> uh, o Emperor and Jason. What did you think of O Emperor and Jason? So this album did what the last album didn't do. Okay. Yeah. Which was having that kind of style of music that was definitely has like a time and place, mm-hmm. but doing stuff to it that's really, really modern yeah. and really different. And I really, really like this album yeah. so much. It's it's um, it's fantastic. I mean, it's the uh, sadly the final record from O Emperor, which is interesting. I mean, I. You know, I suppose go back into my own history. I grew up in Waterford at the same time as the guys. We didn't know each other, but um, they were saviors of space at the time when we were younger, more my younger, more vulnerable days. My father, you know, uh, you know, back in Waterford, back in those days, and they were one of the bands coming up at the time. They're called Saviors of Space, turned into Emperor. They released two albums, um, Hither Tither and uh, Vitreous, uh, both very different albums. Hither Tither was kind of like indie with the lights off and. Vitreous, I remember talking and doing an interview with Paul from the band at the time and saying, we just needed to make songs that were shorter <laughs> and more kind of impactful. And that's mm. what they went and did. This album, like you're saying, I, I kind of felt, and this is why I kind of bring up it, it's, it's their final album. It kind of sounded to me like they're like, fuck it. We'll do... What we want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Like regardless of industry expectations or what the kind of the norm was. And the album does, like you say, it does take like bits of funk and R&B and psychedelia and kind of... yeah mashes them into this mashes them and then adds something really modern to mm. it yeah which is what i that was the vibe i got from it yeah also i really like the album art because it kind of reminded me of ben's oh really okay. yeah it did it remind you just very very yeah. very slightly yeah, yeah i really like the album art i yeah. thought it was so cool definitely something i'd be like picking up yeah and like if i saw it in the shops 
Yeah. So yeah, that's actually a really important thing. I think musicians do need to take into account that we sometimes do judge books by their cover, and we do like pretty, um, yeah. pretty uh, album covers. Yeah. And I thought this one was really cool. It'd be something I'd be picking up. Maybe not to everyone's taste, but I really yeah. liked it. It's it's, um, it's a very striking cover. Yeah. Uh, and actually, this album really reminded me of Pink Floyd. Cool. Yeah. Really yeah. reminded me of yeah. Pink Floyd, and mm. um, just yeah. I do, that's what I got there was this a lot of Pink Floyd all over it I think it's interesting and as well like it's like with so much going on like and it has that psychedelic Pink Floyd like there are bits of like spoken words cut mm-hmm. into it I mean there are a lot of Waterfordisms I mean you know I think I, I, there's, it's quite wry at times there's one song in which it ends with kind of like you know this kind of person on a phone going oh when are the lads ever get the recognition they deserve you know fuck's sake and the phone hangs up or whatever mm. and you know it's there is a kind of a wryness to it um and it does have a kind of conceptual feel i feel it's interesting i don't know what you think about it but like for an album that has so much going on and so many different styles and it's so brash in its stylism that it, it never kind of falls under the weight of it you don't feel like they've gone too far or this is just no. you know pretentious or yeah. whatever and i like that a lot of it was instrumental mm. I really like that. I yeah. kind of sometimes like just music. Yeah. It's really well put together music. Yeah. So I really like this album a lot. So it's a pity that they're... It's their last one. Yeah. It's their last one. Uh, maybe this one does so, so, so well that they decide they're going to do a few more. That maybe, hopefully. I mean, I you know, it's 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 sad to see any bands like that go. Obviously, mm. we just got the news as well that the Hot Sprockets have broken up this week and few other bands have gone over the course of the year but uh yeah they're because they, i mean make it rain uh, one of the tracks on it is this kind of stomping funk you can hear that in the radio you know uh, yeah. uh, maybe more late light radio but i mean as an as an album it does have that kind of fuck let's just do whatever we want to do and those guys are such wonderful musicians that you know a lot of the stuff that they're taking um genre wise they know how to reconstruct it and deconstruct it and make it into something modern i mean the album cover you're very right is something quite deconstructive i mean it's the yeah. a photo of the underside of somebody's chin and just with yeah. jason written on it and it, it it's it's quite like it's not like i don't know what what like i don't mean this in a bad way but it's not the most elaborate album cover you're no. going to see this year but it's like you say it's i just same. i like that it's simple Mm, I I just I like the way it is I like how simple it is Mm. I just you know you don't need to be crazy elaborate sometimes Mm. sometimes you can just strip everything back and yeah yeah and this yeah this definitely like even the album itself the music felt Mm. stripped back but also just like crazy Mm. put together elements from everywhere and I really like that and Mm. it's definitely something I will kind of regularly be listening to because it yeah. just felt really nice on the way here I was listening to it and yeah. I like, oh, this feels like really like really really good music I'm really yeah. enjoying like listening to this yeah that so. seemed to be throughout their career I think that seemed to be a real concern of theirs is that they make something that would be quite interesting but do you, do you still like it you know they never mm-hmm. went so far as into completely alienate the listener into a state where they're like oh, I can't listen to this it is something that you could put on your headphones yeah and, and definitely, listen to like definitely. I they definitely make it rain and girl um, there is a song called Shine On Mullin' Avat for all those from Waterford. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic record. And I mean, um, we're getting towards that. Um, we're not towards. We're about a month away before I, I say what I think the last mixtapes album of the year is. So you'll have to get thinking on that. Your oh, own album God. of the year too. Yeah. Um, There's so, so many. There are so many. I mean, this will be a contender. This will definitely be up there, I think, I at think the end so. of the year. Because yeah. it's just so different. Yeah. Um, so it's a big thumbs up for me. What about you? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Definitely. 
And also, if we're doing album of the year, how about yeah. we do Irish album of the year yeah. and then international album of the year? Do make it a little bit easier. Yeah, that's. I think that's that's probably fair. Do you have an, an international album that you're already thinking of? Yes, I do. And I'm not going to say it yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've been listening to, um, I don't know if it would be my album of the year, but uh, Mitski's uh, Be the Cowboy is pretty cool. Mm. Um, it's a cool album. I'm trying to think of other albums. Dream Wife was really cool. Parkhead Courts had an album come out. That's right, yeah. Idols, did they have an album? Idols, I think, did have an album. Yeah. Um, so there's a few records that came out this year. Soccer Mommy, your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't dislike <laughs> them joking. that much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, there's a good few records. Uh, loads of Irish records as well that we've gone over through the year. So I'm beginning the process now. I have a few more to review. Bodies is one of them and Subplots is another one. So probably two more albums to review and then I'll start working through what I think, which will be quite difficult. Um, international albums, yeah, that's a good call. I don't yeah. know what I'd... The difficult... Uh, it would just be a bit easier if we had Irish international. Yeah, no, you're right, you're yeah. right. You're 100% right with that. I'm interested now because if you have a definite one in your head, I'm going to think... Maybe, but I'm not going to... You're not going to say. say. Not going to give away any hints yeah. as to what it might be. So this episode, we have started and finished with a song from Yeah, Yeah, Yes. What song would you like to finish with? Maps. <laughs> <laughs> Wait.